Hi, everyone. This is Scott from Prepare to Answer. I want to share some news with you about an exciting new resource that we've created called So Much More Than Sex. It's no secret that the subject of sex is one of the biggest concerns for young Christians today. That's why we've created So Much More Than Sex for senior teens and young adults. It's a four-part video series, complete with notes and discussion questions, that you can do with your young adults class, small group, or even on your own. The point of the series is to help you shift the narrative about sex away from seeing biblical teaching as little more than an outdated list of do's and don'ts, and replacing it with the overwhelmingly positive, life-giving, and eternally significant vision that the Bible gives for your sexually ordered body. If you want to get in on the So Much More Than Sex series, just follow the link in the episode description. And now we turn to today's episode. The following is a presentation of Prepared to Answer, a ministry devoted to seeing a new generation of Christians experience life transformation through a renewed mind by teaching them to think like Jesus. Is the Christmas story historical? Is the Christmas story historically reliable? It's often presented, in Christmas cards and holiday trappings, with an almost mythic quality. It's no wonder, then, that skeptics are quick to write it off as nothing more than an invention of early Christian imagination. As an example, here's what former minister, now agnostic, Bob Ripley has to say. The story of Jesus' birth is an invention, because there was no empire-wide census And it seems highly unlikely that a Roman official would order people to be counted in cities their ancestors left years before. But if you take time to really look at the Christmas story in Luke's Gospel, you will find the markings of a carefully composed record of history. Aside from being a medical doctor, Luke was also a trained historian, whose New Testament writings show all of the signatures of a carefully constructed historical account. In chapter 2 of his Gospel, he begins... In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Skeptics like Ripley claim that Luke got it wrong about the census. They see this as proof that Jesus' birth account wasn't historical. A closer look, however, gives us some of our best reasons for accepting them as historical fact. Let's compare objections about the nationwide census which Luke records against the historical evidence. Objections to Luke's account of the Christmas story Objection number one. Skeptics say there was no empire-wide census ordered by Caesar Augustus. In fact, there were three. According to Augustus' own report, he issued empire-wide censuses in 28 and 8 BC and AD 14. He boasted about this accomplishment during his reign because it appeared to indicate that the Roman Empire was growing. The Roman historian Tacitus also bears witness to the writing of Augustus in which he recorded by his own hand the resources of the state, including its number of citizens. Objection 2. Skeptics say it was not Roman custom for residents to return to their ancestral cities to be registered. Actually, we have documented evidence to suggest that this kind of return to one's hometown that Luke records about Joseph was customary. A Roman papyrus fragment of a census edict for Roman Egypt dated to A.D. 104 was found in 1905 and is currently housed in the British Museum in London. It states, Gaius Vibius Maximus, the prefect of Egypt, declares 
the census by household having begun, it is essential that all those who are away from their homes be summoned to return to their own hearths, so that they may perform the customary business of registration and apply themselves to the cultivation which concerns them. Furthermore, we have historical evidence to demonstrate that Rome allowed member provinces to observe local customs in maintaining imperial requirements. In the case of the Jews, Josephus records that the Romans allowed them to maintain tax exemption every seventh year and Sabbath observance. Relating to a census, as Daryl Bach points out, Jewish culture would require an ancestral registration. There is no historical reason to expect that the Roman census of Judea didn't occur as Luke recorded, requiring Joseph to make the trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Objection 3. Skeptics argue that Quirinius was not governor of Syria until A.D. 6, too late for the census in Jesus' birth narrative. The historical record shows that Quirinius served as governor of Syria from A.D. 6 to 7, during which time he instituted a census. The skeptic argues that this shows Luke to be an error, since Quirinius' reign as governor is too late for Jesus' birth. This is perhaps the most difficult problem associated with Luke's account, but there are several reasonable solutions. Was Governor Quirinius's reign too late for the census of Jesus' birth? Note specifically what Luke says. This was the first, in the Greek that's protos, census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. This Greek word protos means first or earlier. In either case, it implies that Luke necessarily had knowledge of a second or later census taken place under Quirinius. This fact is borne out in Acts 5 verse 37, where Luke refers to the census revolt led by Judas the Galilean. The same revolt was recorded by the Jewish historian Josephus in Antiquities 18, demonstrating that it was a noteworthy and remembered event even among the Jews. Luke's record of the A.D. 6-7 census in Acts 5.37 shows that he couldn't have been confusing the census taken during Jesus' birth with Quirinius's census of A.D. 6-7. It must have been another census that Luke was referring to. Now, the point can be raised that while Luke is clearly in the know about Quirinius's A.D. 6-7 census, how can he be referring to an earlier census at a time when Quirinius was not governor of Syria? There are a number of solutions to this difficulty. Admittedly, none of them seems superior to the other, but I will note just what I see as the top three. Possible reasons for attributing a census to Quirinius before he became governor of Syria. Number one, the meaning of the Greek word for first. The grammar does support reading protos to mean this census was before the census which Quirinius, governor of Syria, made. This reading, of course, would solve the chronology problem, but New Testament scholar Dan Wallace suggests that such a reading would be a highly unnatural one and is unlikely what Luke meant. While not impossible, it does stretch the grammar. Number two, the possibility of the census starting earlier. The historical evidence supports the possibility of a census just prior to King Herod's death in 4 BC, while Varus was governor of Syria. Practically speaking, the task of carrying out, completing, and compiling the records from such a census would have taken years. It's possible that the census began under Varus, but wasn't completed until Quirinius's reign. In this case, while Varus began the census, Quirinius would have been given the credit. Number 3. 
Quirinius's proven career. The third suggestion rests on both Quirinius's varied and distinguished career, not to mention the notable incompleteness of Roman gubernatorial records. Brindle points out that Quirinius held high office as the reward of proven ability and hard work. He was a Roman senator, served as governor of Crete and Cyrene, was appointed consul and given command of the armies in the war against the Hamonides from 12 BC to AD 1, served as advisor to Gaius Caesar in Armenia, and served as proconsul of Asia from AD 2 to 3. None of these roles make him governor of Syria during the time of Jesus' birth, but they do place him in a high-ranking position in and around the region of Syria during the right time period. Hales offers the suggestion that Quirinius was not the governor, but was the chosen administrator of the census. Given his rank and proven competence, it's not unimaginable that Quirinius could have given oversight to the census taken during Jesus' birth, in which case Luke's ascription is most certainly correct, if not technically impeccable. A final response to the skeptic should be this. Is there enough evidence to prove that Quirinius wasn't involved in the census? Others have reasoned at length for similar possible solutions based on the evidence we have surrounding Quirinius and Roman history. Given the incompleteness of the historical record, each of them are admittedly constructions, but each presents a plausible solution to Luke's apparent discrepancy. To say we have a definitive answer would be dishonest, but it would be even more dishonest to say that we have enough evidence to conclude that Luke is most certainly wrong. While skeptics can confirm from the historical record that Quirinius was named governor of Syria from AD 6 to 7, what they can't confirm from the evidence is that he wasn't involved in the census of Jesus' birth. We can agree with Daryl Bach in saying, it is clear that the relegation of Luke 2.2 to the category of historical error is premature and erroneous. Conclusion Was Jesus really born in a manger at Bethlehem? Skeptics like Ripley would say, all we have are Matthew's and Luke's words to account for it, so probably not. And yet in these accounts, we have writings that bear the marks of a careful historian recording the facts, as in Luke's own words, were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Luke chapter 1 verse 2. This record proves faithful with other historical records in so many places. And while holes in those records do indeed remain, we have no good reason from the evidence to conclude that Luke's account is anything but reliable. The preceding has been a part of the recording ministry of Prepared to Answer. For more resources to help you become more confident in living out and defending your faith in Jesus Christ, visit us at www.preparedtoanswer.org or on Facebook and Instagram at Prepared to Answer. Thanks for joining us, and may the Lord bless and keep you.